Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Aspen, Colorado, Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. Good morning slash afternoon. Was I correct? Are you in Aspen? Yeah, Snowmass Village in in the Aspen area. Uh, it, this is our this is our stop off point between our shows that we did in Steamboat and our next show which is in Vail on Thursday, the Vail Comedy Show at the Bridge Street Bar. Tickets are available online now. So if you're in the Vail area, get your tickets to the Vail Comedy Show at the Bridge Street Bar Thursday. Me and Eddie Ift. Getting out of the way quick. I like it. Got it. We got it. Where you're staying looks extremely ski town resort. Yeah. It's literally a condo at the base of Snowmass. So this is... uh. You know, it's a whole area of people just where they come to ski. I bet it's a chill vibe. It's a chill vibe. We just got we just got here late last night. We haven't explored uh, yet, but I've been to Snowmass before, so it's it's essentially an entire town built around a ski mountain. Like, there's nothing here. The whole thing is for people here skiing, and they call it Snowmass. Snowmass Village, yeah. That's and Snowmass is the the mountain. I feel like there's a lot of jokes there. Snow mass, snow ass, eating okay. ass. I don't know. You'll work out. You'll work out a bit eventually. Maybe you'll come here one day and be like, "Listen, I got it, guys." Snow uh, ass. They're just gonna look at me. Boo! I feel like that's a town that wouldn't boo. They would just stare at you because they'd be all stoned. Yeah. So we're not doing shows here, but I have done a show here. I just did the last time I was here for Aspen Laugh Fest. I did a show in just a hotel lobby while people were like coming in from skiing. It was amazing. No one booed. They just kind of ignored and went on with their business. Yeah. I assume very wealthy, a lot of money in that type of area, right? Yeah, very much so. Well, we have a, a nice full rundown today on Dirty Sports. That's exciting. Yeah, we, we, we got a lot of things to talk about. A variety. I'll tell you where else there's a lot of money down at the Masters, Andy. Oh, yeah. I, a, I don't know. <laughs> that's a segue. They actually don't make that much money, you know, when they win. Did you know that? But what do they make? I think. I mean, a couple got, million dollars. A couple million. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's not too shabby. I'm just saying, like, it's more in the endorsements they're going to get, right? Sure. I mean, I guess a, a couple million flat fee and a check. Yeah. Is, is, is pretty good. You think Tiger Woods got the Happy Gilmore giant check for finishing, what was he, 47th? I believe he did get a giant check. I think that there was also a ticker tape parade for him leaving uh, Augusta today. And I believe there will be a welcoming uh, party for him waiting at the airport when he arrives to Florida. Um, and I, I think that they're doing the, the old fashioned carry the queen on top of their shoulders thing to get him into his home again. So he doesn't have to drink and drive. 
Shots fired. So Tiger, he overcame it, Andy. He just, I mean, it was just a, it was an accomplishment just to get through four rounds of golf. You know, I injured myself not drinking and driving. Uh, and, and no one has given me a parade for finishing four rounds of golf in four consecutive days. And I've done it many times, but you know, I don't know my, my knee injury doing something that didn't put other people at risk doesn't deserve the parade and the accolades. You know, a lot of people said I would never play golf again. Cause I never played golf before that, but then I did. And, uh, I didn't get the same sort of response. So he made 47, I'm sorry, $43,500 for finishing 47th. Scotty Scheffler raked in 2.7 million for winning. Roy McElroy as second place gets 1.62 million. And then on to 870 grand for the third place finishers. I mean, it's a nice, nice. it's a nice yeah. little chunk of change. And, and I assume people are a little annoyed. Obviously, the the the, the tiger, the, the tiger dissing. I will say it's impressive that he is back so quickly. I, I will give him credit in that in that how serious his accident was. But I agree with you. I I watched the match. Well, it was what it was. How long ago the accident was? Like sixteen months ago or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So is it that impressive? I literally that's. A year and a half is when I started literally playing golf because I was like, I can't do anything else. I should take up this game that has almost no physical stress on my body. Ugh. A year and a half after pill face crashing his car, he's back. Well, again, what's fascinating to me is just the unrelenting diehard loyalty uh, again i i understand it but i also question it for a guy who again is overcoming his own demons if that makes sense like he's not overcoming awful tragedies and maybe people are going to disagree with me that were not in his control. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the, a lot of the stuff, most of it is all in his control, right? Like, yeah. has he ever had a, yeah. a, a setback that he wasn't directly responsible for? That's all well, I'm saying. He, he had some back and knee problems uh, earlier, probably caused from TMS, from the stress of cheating on his wife and children nonstop, Perkins hostesses and whatnot. But yeah, besides that, I think it's all been uh, self-inflicted wounds. Yeah, and that's all I'm saying. And 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 if you're a young golf fan, I know there's tons of them out there. You should really embrace the other players. Because what's crazy to me is again, I don't really follow golf, so I could be wrong on this. But I've never have you seen a sport where one guy is tied so much to the success of that sport? No. I've never seen this. Obviously, Michael Jordan was a huge thing. And you look at players like a Ken Griffey Jr. or whoever in a sport, Joe Montana, you look at guys who were a huge thing. But as a collective whole, I know it's different because those are team sports and we're talking about an individual sport. But I feel like golf needs to somehow separate itself, but they can't from him. 
I mean, Nike's powerful, man. Maybe Nike should pick some other random person to just be like, this is, you should suck this guy's dick 24 seven, no matter what he does to his wife, children and himself. Yeah. I will say it's incredibly boring to watch. I, I can't, I just can't do golf. I can't. I mean, baseball's tough, to tough. on TV. Baseball's yeah. tough for me too. Baseball's really tough for me. I I, I dozed off during the Reds game yesterday. Baseball sure. not tough for me. I was forcing Eddie to listen to baseball on the radio in the car. He Ooh. was he was going he was going crazy. But I was like, yeah, man, it's opening day. Yeah. Well, I I, I did I did watch a couple games and and you know the Reds. Got the new Sunday night baseball crew because the Yankees Red Sox was postponed. So I have to comment about that. Look, Eduardo Perez, nothing against you, but dude, you're the guy who's going to be on Sunday night football. And it sounds like you have marbles in your mouth. Sunday night baseball. Yeah. Again, I nothing against the guy personally, but he literally sounds like he has marbles in his mouth and he's going to be one of their guys. What's crazy is it's uh it's it's one of those situations where like be careful what you wish for cuz I remember in the earliest days of social media people complained about Joe Morgan and John Miller. Correct. And Joe Morgan and John Miller in my opinion were incredible. And the fact that they're not still doing Sunday night baseball is shameful and we've tried all these other terrible you know replacements and well, Morgan passed away, so he he, he can't right. do it anymore. Right. But, you know, they, they got rid of them before he died. Sure. Well, I, I got to play this. Honestly, uh, John Miller and dead Joe Morgan. <laughs> Better than Jessica Mendoza. If your color guy's dead, it's still better than Jessica Mendoza, right? Well, I beg the question, is Jessica Mendoza worse than Eduardo Perez? Again, he sounds like he has marbles in his mouth. That's just how his voice is. Sorry, dude. That's not the voice you need on TV, on radio. I need somebody who is just a clearer sounding voice at the end of the day. But we had a great clip, which I think a lot of people saw. Um, I posted it. A lot of people posted it. It was a crazy stat. Joey Votto had never popped out ever to a pitcher in his whole career. That's wild. In over 8,100 at-bats, he'd never popped out to a pitcher. And he did. And Tim Kirkjian. Our speaking, friend, Tim Kirkjian. You going to say something? No. I was going to say, speaking of like a guy who sounds funny on air, Tim Kirkjian literally, like I tweeted out, went through puberty talking about it he was so excited saying he was hoping that would happen because he was going to be at the game right and i'm just going to play the audio of kirchin losing his mind over a pop out so here's the history tim explain why this was a historical out from Votto. well going into tonight's game joey Votto had over 8,000 plate appearances in the career two pop outs to the catcher in his career two to the first baseman and zero to the pitcher until tonight that's the first time he's ever popped out to the pitcher flying down here for this trip i said the only thing i want to happen on opening night when we have the game is for joey Votto to pop out to the pitcher and then it happened 
I love that Carl Ravitch is like, we now go to a Furby to tell us why this was historic. <laughs> and it happened. And it happened. Why does baseball get the biggest dorks covering why does the sport? T- why does Tim Kirkshin sound like what I think Baby Yoda would talk like? <laughs> if Baby Yoda ever talks. There's going to be the episode of The Mandalorian where Baby Yoda finally talks and he's going to talk about Joey Votto. Pop me out to the picture! <laughs> what is wrong with Tim Kirkshin? Is he And also, like... I would love to know if if we could Google it and also if Google would even be correct. Is Tim Kirchin four foot six? Is that why he talks like that? Because he doesn't have like fully developed like organs? Dude, he's 65. <laughs> can you imagine you're a grandfather? You're like talking to your five-year-old nephew who's got a deeper voice than you? Your grandson, you mean? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. He's five foot. He's listed as five foot five. <laughs> no way. I call bullshit. Isn't that amazing, though? Like, to me, again, we always bring this up. The state of baseball. Like, he is the state of baseball. Like, he's, he's one of the main cogs associated. And people know when they think Major League Baseball, the most unathletic. Furby sounding. 65 see 65 like that's crazy to me just add just add a dave and busters before the game i really hope (laughs) that joey vano pops out through the i want to he's talking about on the flight down there i want to see dude tim kirchin i want to see him sitting in a can you imagine sitting next to him on your flight i feel like he'd be in a booster seat or something yeah yeah he tries to order some booze and they're like, nice try, son. <laughs> He's in the suit that he wears for Sunday Night Baseball. He looks like the Tom Hanks character in Big when he goes back to being a child. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Can you imagine being the guy who's fitting Tim Kirchner's suits? Instead of like a big and tall, it's like, let's take a, let's take a walk over here to the uh, bar mitzvah section. Oh my God. I can't imagine everything about him. I, I want to see Tim Kirchin do just regular adult things just so I can yeah. laugh. I just want to, I just, can't, I just right? want to hear him get, get excited about things in his own house. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess why his wife comes home with the groceries. You got cookies. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So the Sunday night crew is Carl Ravitch. We need a tickle me Kirk Jindal. <laughs> <laughs> and he popped out to the picture. <laughs> when I was watching, it's funny when you're watching things live too. It was one of those, did that just happen? You know, it's always better when you catch it live, not on a, yeah, yeah. a tweet or something else on social media. That's why it was even funnier to me. It was one of those, did that just happen? happen yeah he was going nuts over a pop out (laughs) unbelievable well i was excited because their stud prospect hunter green pitched yesterday i will say that that, that's a bright spot for the reds at least as far as whether he's going to be good or not 
to be determined. But to watch, I didn't realize the hype behind him was yeah. that big. And I didn't realize he was only the 17th high school kid to ever make the cover of Sports Illustrated. And, you know, they're calling him the next LeBron James and blah, 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 of baseball. Like there's a, I didn't, I didn't realize the hype behind him. And, and, you know, he won. He looked all right. Um, but uh, so you, I've been there, man, as a Mets fan. I've been there with who? With just, you know, guys, you, you got a, you got a, you got a couple pitching prospects that, that uh, that's what you're, you get to tune in for every few days. You're like, our season will probably be shit, but we'll just tune in and watch this. Yeah. No, you're right. It keeps you going. Keeps you going. It does. It, it, it really does. But, uh, yeah, man, it's it's underway, and we got a long season ahead. But, you know, obviously. My, Met, my Mets off to a hot start, yeah. three, and, three and one, even though the Nationals were throwing at their faces the entire weekend. That was an interesting uh, start to the season. Do you, do you think that was all intentional? Like I don't know. It was like a lot of throw at, uh, oh, I'm forgetting your guy's name. Lindor? Um, yeah. Or Alonzo? At, at Lindor. I don't know, but the the thing that was most exciting about it is Buckshow Walters' uh, reaction to it. You know, guys getting hit. I think they hit three guys in game one, including Alonzo in the face, and they hit Lindor in the face in game two. And just, you know, you love to see a 70-something-year-old Buckshow Walter up off his ass screaming at the other team. I'm, yeah. I'm, here, I'm, here, for, I'm here for Buckshow Walter, the, the Buckshow Walter Mets era. Well, he's going to obviously have his players back. He's that type of manager. Yeah. And I've liked what he's been doing with the lineup so far. It seems like he's getting everybody in there trying to figure out what the day-to-day is going to be. Uh, you know, short, short spring training. So I'm into it. I'm what liking you, the Buck Showalter era so far. What do you make of the electronic signals now that the pitchers get from the catchers? I don't love it. I don't love it. Uh, you know, I know stealing signs has been a thing, uh, throughout baseball, you know, historically, and has become a big story the last few years for whatever reason. But it, it to me, the answer to having some sort of techno technological cheating is more technology on the other side. Seems like, can we just punish the people that had cheated with technology and then not have to have you know, Morse code going back and forth between pitchers and catchers. So how does that work when the catcher punches it in? Where does that signal go? I don't know uh, exactly to be totally honest with you. I think this is something that uh, is relatively new. I'm assuming maybe some sort of, uh, you know, like beat system or something like that. I don't, I don't know the specifics of it. Yeah, I don't either. And it looks funny. Yeah, like, like it's almost like we're moving into the the AI version of baseball. Yeah, except with umpires who still suck. Yeah, very robotic. You were on the road that mic'd up Joey Votto. Everybody was talking about, and he was the number one trend for the longest time. And everybody was saying how great he was because he wasn't holding back. It was almost like a Peyton Manning, Eli, Eli Manning, Peyton or Manning cast. Yeah, wow, he's playing. Which which was good. That that's what they need. Baseball. They need to find personalities who are going to be good, who are going to be interesting, funny, also not afraid to say things. I think that's just what the sport needs. Like like who yeah. are the personal? If I asked you right now, I was thinking about this watching that game. 
Like, who are the personalities of baseball that excite people? I think it's tough. Yeah. No, I mean, I think uh, personality-wise, I think you've got, like, it's a lot of Latin guys, to be totally honest with you. Well, that's what I was going to say. The Lindor, like, um, you know, it's that that's the thing. I mean, uh, Otani is I mean, there's there's like the personalities and then there's the baseball personalities. You know what I mean? In terms of like the the players, people like to watch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's tough because baseball does a fantastic job of uh, stifling the personalities. Sure. I mean, even you see even the Acuna uh, thing with uh, Freddie Freeman. He he basically went on the record. Obviously, he speaks you know through a translator, but he went on the record and saying he is not sad to see Freddie Freeman leave, which is insane, you know, to think that the guy who everybody considered to be the face of the Braves, the the next face of the guy who everybody consider the the clear and present next face of the Braves is like, get the fuck out of here. Not sad to see you go because of the way he treated guys for wearing jewelry, the guys for wearing eye black glasses, whatever. And it's like, this is the thing. There's, there's this divide in baseball culturally. And then like the quote unquote old school type of guys, new school type of guys. It, it really like kind of stifles, you know, personality in baseball. So surprise, surprise, uh, Freddie Freeman, kind of a douche, joins the Dodgers. Well, I feel like it's the only sport where you have this old school versus new school. I don't, you know, when do you hear about that in basketball or football, old school versus new school? It's always only baseball where you have this divide. I don't get it. Well, I think because it's, you know, uh, it's a cultural difference you know you have you have white guys you have latin guys you have black guys whatever and there it's almost like if you've ever been in a baseball locker room because they're so you know uh there's so many guys in there uh and there's always clicks it's always like these guys are these guys are pitchers and latin pitchers and hitters and you know white players like whatever whereas in football you know i was probably only i mean basketball essentially is just one you know, everybody's chill uh, and they all probably say, play, played AAU basketball together and shit that's like what that. I was going to say basketball. You got a lot of the white European players. It seems like they're, yeah. they're not bringing in a different mindset than like a guy who maybe grew up in an inner city. Again, it's baseball. And I understand the language difference, but again, basketball has that. Yeah. Um, it's not like Luka Doncic or some of these guys are, but it's also not like basketball's like half, one thing and then and then half Serbian. You know what I mean? Sure. It's like every locker room's got one or two guys from certain places, but like in baseball, you know, Latin players are half your locker room. Sure. No, for sure. Well, speaking of basketball, we do have the playing game set. And uh I just wonder because like, do you remember how this works? I had to remind myself. Uh, yeah, so playing game seven, play eight. Winner is the seven seed. Correct. Nine plays 10. Winner plays the loser of the seven, eight game. And winner of that game is the eight seed. Correct. Yeah, I just, I'm glad we just, just refresh everybody. I think I refreshed everybody last episode too. 
because it is confusing. And, it, and it's one of those things. It was like, uh, I, you know, was it a COVID adjustment? What was it? And then now it's stuck around and I'm glad it's stuck around. I like it. It, it adds some excitement to the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. So that starts tomorrow. You have the seven, eight matchup Cleveland who really stumbled at the end, which made them drop all the way to an eight travels to Brooklyn where the nets are the seven. And then you have the Clippers who are the eight travel to the seven seed Minnesota. And then the nine tens, you have Charlotte against Atlanta and San Antonio against the Pelicans. Kind of a fun, fun mix, especially the two seven, eight games. It'll be fun to see which of the seven, eight teams uh, lose those games and then are on the verge of, you know, removal from the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it, it's, it's, it's interesting to think of a, you know, a Nets team potentially not even making it in or a Clippers team that was in the Western conference finals, not even making it in. Well, the Nets are not, the Nets are going to win that first game. Don't you think? I don't, I mean, it's one game. Sure. Do I think? Yeah, but it's one game. Anything is possible. Yeah. I do like this added addition that they kept it. I agree. I, th- I yeah. think it will make it fun. As far as added additions go. <laughs> What's wrong with saying added addition? I guess it's, a bit re- it's a bit redundant. Let's <laughs> say so you're right. It sounds redundant. Hey, man, it's Monday morning. You know, actually, it's Monday afternoon. But cut me some slack here. It was, yeah. it was, a, it was, a, it was a rough weekend of watching the Masters. What a, do you see any of the nine or tens making it through? Um, I mean, I could see it happening. I like, uh, I, I like the Clippers and the Timberwolves in the West. Um, I could see, you know, Cleveland's kind of fallen off hard, so. If, if there was one of the seven, eight seeds, I see not making it. It may be, maybe the, uh, a Cleveland team um, losing out. And then, you know, I could see honestly either of those uh, nine, 10 teams in the East beating a Cavs team that is, has been kind of reeling. Charlotte's kind of sneaky right now. As we look ahead to the playoffs, what are some what are some upsets you possibly see early on? Well, it's gonna de- it's gonna depend on who gets in. I know everybody is sort of off the Nets band bandwagon, but I, I still think you got those those guys. Um, you know, like a let's say Brooklyn ends up the seven seed, a Brooklyn Boston series. That'd be a fun first round matchup. It'll be a fun first round matchup for sure. And like, it's definitely not one that I rule out entirely. Um, I think that, that they've got a better chance of upsetting a Boston team who's been playing great. No doubt about it. Um, then they do a, a, a Miami team. Um, other than that, you look around. I mean, I, I don't think Philly, Toronto, first of all, as a four and five wouldn't be like an upset, quote unquote, but I actually like Philly in that series. Chicago, in my opinion, doesn't really have much of a chance at all against Milwaukee. Um, and then in the West, I mean, uh, I, I I really don't love a um, 
Minnesota or Clippers team against Phoenix, although I feel like they would be able to put up a little bit of a fight. Um, same thing for either of those teams uh, against Memphis. Honestly, kind of the sneaky one in the West is maybe Denver Golden State with Steph questionable um, to return for game one of the playoffs. So that I would say, you know, maybe a Brooklyn, Boston and a Denver Golden State would be my go-to underdog picks. Who do you think the NBA for ratings is rooting for in the finals? It's a great question. I assume um, a Nets. Yeah, probably a Nets. Um, I don't know. Maybe a Nets Golden State, like a Net, a Durant v. Warriors. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. The Suns aren't going to get the ratings, even though they were there last year. You know, I mean, a David Stern type would probably be rooting for like a, I mean, he's obviously smart, but he'd probably be rooting for like a Memphis. um, I don't know, maybe, maybe like Boston, you get the big, you get the big uh, Celtics draw and then you get a young Memphis team that gets a nap. Yeah, it gets them on the national scene for what will yeah, hopefully that, be the next 10 years. But that's not, you know, it's not like San Antonio was ever garnering the ratings. Right. The, Memphis is a lot more exciting. San Antonio was, a, a, you know, yes, it was San Antonio and the Spurs, and it's not like the biggest market ever, but it was also a duller style of play. Memphis has a far more exciting style of play than that Spurs team ever did. And I think if you're a smart, you know, commissioner, you want a team, you want a, a, a young team like that to jump on and see and be like, get the national attention. So people are like, oh, damn, man, I, I kind of want to see this Memphis team back next year and the year after because they could be. Yeah. Who's your MVP? It's tough, man. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of on <laughs> the tough part for me. Is the seeding wise? I mean, you have you have Embiid is a four seed, and yeah. you have and you have Jokic who's a six seed, right? Um, I mean, Giannis is a three. It's tough. I think I think for everything that he does, I think in truly value to the team, I think it, it, like, which I've always talked about most valuable player. I think it's Jokic. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Ha- I wouldn't hate it going to Giannis, but I think it's Jokic. But you think they're going to give it to Embiid because he's never won it? Yeah, probably. And he's, uh, you know, th- th- that that's another thing in terms of like Philly hasn't had the deep run yet. Now they've got Harden. They want, you know, it's another thing. It's like, oh, get get some attention on them. Yeah, I think it'll probably be Embiid. So Jokic won it last I, I was year. I was here for the uh, I was here for the John Morant John Morant campaign had he not gotten hurt down the stretch. Sure. I, I was gonna be here for the John Morant version of the Cooper Cup campaign I ran during football season. What's crazy is if you look this up, uh let's see here. If we look up the history, if Embiid got it, it'd be the fourth straight year a non American born. Yeah. 
player won it because right because Giannis wins it back to back 2019-2020 Jokic wins it last year I mean that's a stretch I think that shows the state of basketball for four straight years non-American players win the strength of the game globally it's great I think I think it's I think it's fantastic I mean in terms of you know we talk about all the things all the problems with baseball. Obviously, football is huge in America, but um, basketball, like having the international vibe, it's it's great for keeping it. It's great for keeping it going. It's great for keeping it growing. It's great for you know having stars that are like. I mean, we're talking two, even even two of the three guys are are foreign born players that we're talking about for MVP. So, yeah. What, what what was I gonna say here? Oh yeah, I want to bring up the Lakers. So Frank Vogel is fired. Everybody saw this coming, but I was reading more into it. It was just a, such a mess because he didn't know. Like everyone knew, like they're tweeting the minute the game ends that he's gonna be fired, or even during it. And then and his really, quote is, "I haven't heard shit." Yes, that's his quote. I haven't heard shit. My prop, my my sort of issue besides how they handled it is who are you going to get? I think Frank Vogel is a good NBA basketball coach. Um, so who's your upgrade? You know, I know you're the Lakers, so I know you can go out there and court a great coach, maybe steal somebody from another team, but. Well, who is your upgrade? You're going to get Nick Nurse, you know, like who, who is this upgrade? That's that's what I want to know because sometimes I think the idea, and this we've talked about this with quarterbacks, we've talked about this with head coaches across different sports, we've we've talked about this from a lot, a lot of different standpoints. Is like if you, you you know you're in you're at the like the Lakers at this point, the future of the Lakers is sort of a short future and then a secondary long-term future. And the short future is the end of LeBron James's career, Anthony Davis. Do you have anything left to put together one final run with those guys? And if so, what does that look like? Obviously, it involves a a big-time roster adjustment, um, probably a trading of Russell Westbrook, uh, 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 surrounding those guys with better pieces and having a better coach. But if you surround those guys with better pieces, however, that you may figure out how to work that out, who is this coach that you're getting? Well, and also, everything you read, Rob Palenka seems to be kind of a problem as far as a lot of people put blame on him as far as how all these things are handled, there was a ugly exit with magic Johnson. It's just, it's like, I don't know. Like, like this team obviously was not put together well at all. That's on him. Whether it was COVID season or not, Frank Vogel still won a title. And the bottom line is I just think Frank Vogel's a good coach. And you know, you, you have to, you have to look at yourself as, can we win with this coach? You know, is this a guy who can take us 
Galloway. And he did. And it was in a COVID season, but like he did. And he's, he's been a good coach in other places and his record through the first two seasons was really good. And so to me, it's like, you better upgrade. And if you're the Lakers, you should be financially. You have the ability to upgrade, uh, you know, obviously the, you have the, the legacy and the franchise history to upgrade, but you better, you know, I know the Clippers get to the Western conference finals last year after the doc rivers, uh, to Ty Lu quote unquote upgrade, if you will, that a lot of Clippers fans think they made, but now here you go. You have doc rivers is a four seed in the East and the Clippers are in a play in game. And now I know they don't have the, their players. They have a lot of issues, but my point is, is like, was it the, was it the world's biggest upgrade? I think, I think that was an upgrade in a change of personality, but I think you need to upgrade at coach one way or the other. It needs to be a, you need to hire a great basketball coach because I think you just fired a good basketball coach. Well, I also think something can be said. If you look at LeBron's history, it seems like every coach that he plays for has a shelf life, right? Well, I mean, I think that there's, um, I think that that almost comes with, you know, I know LeBron has been called a coach killer or whatever, but I think what that comes with is if your franchise goes and gets LeBron James or has LeBron James as the first, you know, version of the Cavs had, you have an expectation that you should win a championship. And if you don't, then you, you know, you're like, well, we've got the personnel and I, and that's, that's sort of the issue with this Lakers team is that this is not prime LeBron James anymore. And you don't have the personnel and your other star was injured and you did a terrible job of building the supporting cast around those two guys. So the expectation that you should just be NBA champions because you have LeBron James, that window is sort of closed. Now I understand being like, well, we should have been in the playoffs, but you know, you better upgrade. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But if you're Nick nurse or a coach with that pedigree and who's hot or a bigger name, do you, like the Lakers seem like a total shit show right now. Do you want to go to the Lakers and especially seeing how they didn't even tell their coach technically that he was fired and Woj is tweeting out that he's fired, but he's saying on record, I don't know shit. Is that where you want to go? Well, I think it's a potential place that you want to go solely because money talks. Sure. As does the location. Toronto's great, but it's not Los Angeles. You know, Nick nurse, uh, could you know sign a contract to Lakers and suddenly be living in a palatial mansion in Malibu and be set for the rest of his life. I just feel like the you know the Lakers like how they're being run at this point which is interesting watching winning time reading showtime obviously it's been within the bus family since 1979 but it's interesting because obviously genie bus is calling a lot of the shots her brothers who 
at first seem to be calling more shots after Jerry Buss died, have kind of fallen to the back, but they're still involved. You know what I'm saying? It seems yeah. like the kids might not be making all the right decisions. Well, listen, I think everybody agrees that they have a GM problem and have had one for a while, but yeah. they also but they also made a move that that GM made a move to get to trade for Anthony Davis and to acquire LeBron James and they won a championship. Sure. Now, you could say that that set you back long term and you could also say it was a Mickey Mouse championship or whatever, but he got those guys no, you know, they play half a season together before COVID even happens. So the idea that this is, uh, you know, this, that, that the, that the championship isn't real. It's like he put together a championship team, whether yeah. anybody likes it or not. Yeah. Because we, we, everybody's, you know, what everybody said about that Miami team was like, oh, the, the, the bubble, the bubble heat, the bubble heat, the bubble heat. Two years later, they're the one seed again. So, seems like the bubble was, you know, pretty legit. Pretty legit. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, Lakers fans, I know you're not going to be in the playoffs. You got a lot of time on your hands. You're probably. A little lost emotionally, mentally. I think now would be a good time for you to vet all those feelings over on Talkspace. Because as a fan, you you have a lot of emotions that are built up, right, Joe? You build them Absolutely. up th throughout the season, sometimes throughout the years. And our friends at Talkspace can help you with that. You can talk through it with a licensed professional. It's really simple. And I know it's not easy to take that first step if you're dealing with anything that's serious or even minor, such as sports, but talking to someone can make a huge difference and Talkspace takes some of the pressure off that first step. It's a more flexible, convenient, and affordable way to get high quality mental health care, mental health care. That's what we want to say there. Once you match with one of their licensed therapists, you can message them anytime through the app or schedule a live session if you need some FaceTime, if you want to go face-to-face. -face. So stop relying on Google and get access to Talkspace with a 24-7 text, audio, and video messaging. Talkspace lets you talk to a licensed therapist without needing an appointment. They have thousands of therapists across dozens of specialties. Once you match with your therapist, you can message them anytime, anywhere. If thoughts and emotions are piling up, a fresh perspective can help you feel better. Match with your dedicated therapist today at Talkspace.com and use promo code DIRTY during sign-up to get $100 off your first month. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code DIRTY. Now, here's a story which kind of has flown under the radar, which is surprising to me because it is the NFL. The Tom Brady to the Dolphins story not only had legs, but had a wild twist to it. The twist is Tom Brady becoming a minority owner, which would then segue into him becoming the quarterback and luring Sean Payton in a trade. I'm going to read through this. I forget what it was, but it's pretty wild story. And this was posted last week. He was supposed to be joining the 
Dolphins initially as an owner. And now for anybody who followed this, Brady to the Dolphins was trending a few weeks ago. And it was more of like a trade or when he came back, the Bucs were going to work out a deal for him to go there. That's not at all what happened. So I guess what happened per multiple sources, Brady was going to be a minority owner of the Dolphins. This is after he retired. So the Dolphins had planned to pursue a Sean Payton, Tom Brady package now, deal. Now this, this was pre-Bucs. No, this is after he retired on February 1st. Okay. Now, at the time, Sean Payton was still the coach of the Saints? I think he had retired. Okay. It's a good question. No, 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 no. Okay. The Dolphins privately acknowledged they had contacted the Saints about the possibility of hiring Payton. Because I'm assuming Payton was under contract and therefore retiring means if, you know, they would have had to trade for him anyway. Yeah. So the Brian Flores lawsuit, which happened coincidentally, or some people might say not coincidentally, was the same day Brady retired, which is kind of fascinating, which changed everything. So after this was the plan after. So basically the Giants ruining another Tom Brady super plan. Oh, yeah. I never thought of it that way. Gotcha, bitch. So this was the plan. Brady, again, retired from the Bucks. What if what, what if Eli gets rumblings that Tom Brady is trying to work out some super deal where he's going to become an owner and then Eli, not Bill Belichick, sends like the Brian Flores text because Bill Belichick, there's been a lot of talk that Bill Bell, like the Giants have said, we have not been in touch with Bill Belichick about who we were hiring and who we weren't. So why would he ever say that? You know who the Giants are in constant contact with? Eli Manning. So then Eli Manning, who has Bill Belichick's phone number, he texts Bill. He tells Bill what's going on. Bill tells it to Brian Flores. And Eli Manning once again thwarts a perfect Tom Brady plan. Does this have more legs than the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing being fake? I think significantly more okay. legs. <laughs> I had to just throw that in there. Just had to throw that in there. So the plan was that Brady would become a minority owner of the Dolphins. And I, I, I don't, still don't fully understand this. And then they were going to try to get Sean Payton after he retired. And then according to this article, the Dolphins would have gotten the rights from the Bucks to then bring Brady to the roster. I don't really understand how contractually that would work. I guess he uh, retires and then he becomes an owner. And then some through some sort of deal, they're like, he can't be uh, a player on your roster and an owner for our thing. So since he's retired and he is an owner and we want to play him, you've got we've got to work out some sort of financial or personnel compensation with you in, in some sort of trade for Brady. Or this is saying 
This is interesting. This is saying Brady has a close relationship with Bruce Beal, who's the right-hand man and successor in waiting for the current Dolphins owner. Brady had one more season under contract with Tampa Bay, and it contained a no-tag clause, which meant Brady could be a full free agent in 2023, saying Brady would basically sit out a year and be the Miami's minority owner for a year and then become the coach, and then he would be able to sign with any team he chooses. This is all so ridiculous. Yada, yada, yada. It didn't happen. Brady's quarterback for the Bucks. Todd Bowles is the coach. Sean Payton is retired. Brian Flores is suing a lot of people and is a assistant defensive coordinator. Yeah. It's pretty crazy though. Eli Manning still has two Super Bowl rings via Tom Brady and the best sports hosting job in TV. I do like how you bring this back to Eli. It's very Joe Prano of you. <laughs> I'm just Always. I'm just I'm just trying to get all the ch- check all the boxes for the parties that were involved here. I mean, this whole thing is so ridiculous. But it makes you wonder, what's Tua thinking on all this? (laughs) Like, Tua is always in the middle of the drama that's going on with the Dolphins QB situation. And uh, everybody that they think about replacing him with has a ton of baggage and a ton of negative history. They're like, we're either getting the uh, massage rapist to replace you, uh, the cheater to replace you. We're going to see if Ben Roethlisberger is still sure he wants to retire. Um, we're thinking about going to a wildcat and just going direct snaps to OJ. Um, kind of, kind of running a dual backfield with Ray Rice and just not throwing the ball at all. He's never played quarterback, but we've just thought Ray Lewis might be a great quarterback situation yeah, here down yeah. in Miami. He's Thinking from about there, running, a, he running to, a triple option with OJ, Ray Rice, and Henry Ruggs, you know, just some sort of speed uh, Air Force backfield. I mean, Tua just must feel he he's like the he's like the girl in the group of friends at the bar who just none of the dudes want. You know, there's always that group, and like you meet another group of guys, and there's the one chick who nobody wants, but I'll just Put it bluntly, somebody gets drunk enough and they're like, yeah, you know, I'll fuck Sally tonight. I, I got nothing else. This is this is what I'm stuck with. Actively tries to ruin it for everybody the whole time. Oh, yeah. Until somebody literally jumps on the grenade. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sally's Sally's annoying. She's the annoying one. I think that's a perfect name for her, too. Don't you think? Like, that's sure. A, that's an old school. Yeah. Like, there's the Karen now, but. I've had some annoying Sally's in my day. Yeah. Hannah's. Ooh, you won't throw that one in. A Hannah will always get in your way. (laughs) Knock it off, Hannah. Now, is that H-A-N-N-A-H? Well, they're going to tell you one way or the other, Andy. They're going to let you know. Yeah. Which Which I always say, thanks. I didn't need the spelling. I'm not writing you a check. I like that line. That's a good line. Although, Hannah, I will write you a check if you just please leave us all alone now at a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah, is that with an H on the end or not an H? I'm going to write you a a cool 80 bucks here to get you out of our hair for the rest of the night. Yeah. I don't think I've messed with any Hannahs in my day. 
I think there's a reason behind no, it. No, but they've messed with you. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. So Frank Gore retired last year. Or I'm sorry, rip, last, rip Gore last week. No, but I want to. There's a reason I want to bring this up about Frank Gore. He, I mean, he's the. I don't know. What we talked about. It. He's the third. I don't think people really pay too much attention. He's the third all-time leading rusher. It's great, which, which is crazy to think. And he retired at exactly 1,600 yards. And 16,000. No, sorry, Jesus Christ, dude. Today. What, what will the kids say? What, what would shout out to old Trevor? We say you're on one. Would that be me being on one? Yeah. Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Oh man. That's an office space reference. So 16,000 yards. If you look right now, no one's even near. I don't know if Adrian Peterson's going to play again next year. He's still 1100 short of that. And then you start going down. Dude, there's like no one. And probably no one ever will. I mean, with the shelf life these days, Mark Ingram's fifty fourth all time. He's next with seventy eight hundred yards. Yeah, he, he's safe, to say Mark, safe to say Mark Ingram's not going to double his career total anytime soon. No, he's definitely a Hall of Famer, Frank Gore. But yeah. I, but I saw this tweet, and, and and this goes back to my point. I saw this tweet from Warren Sharp, and it's it just shows again. I would never take, and, and your Giants did it. I would never take a quarterback in the top five. These are the top five. A running back. God, Jesus Christ. What is with me today? Yes, a running might back. Be that, you, might have, you might have officially hit that age where Monday mornings you need coffee, Andy. You think? My green tea's not doing it anymore? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Let's see if we can try to make it through the rest of this episode. So running backs drafted in the top five. Since 2005. Like if any of these worked out. 2005, you had Cadillac Williams, Cedric Benson, and Ronnie Brown. You had three. 2006, Reggie Bush. 2008, Darren McFadden. 2012, Trent Richardson. 2016, Ezekiel Elliott. 2017, Leonard Fournette. And 2018, Saquon Barkley. I'm just saying like, dude. Do not draft a running back in the top five. Why would you ever do that at this point? I would say, I I would say at this point, the only reason to do it is if you are a good team that somehow found your way into a top five draft pick. And you're, and you're, and you're adding like a, an immediate piece to an already, because the problem with doing it is the amount, like, you know, we talk about the rookie quarterback deal, but the rookie quarterback deal, winning on a rookie quarterback contract when you have an elite quarterback that comes in the league, easy. But a, a running back's not going to turn your team around. No. And, and also, in that first five years of a rookie deal, that's when they're getting worn out. Exactly. So I would say that it's not completely unreasonable, but it's basically unreasonable unless you're a team that, you know, made a deal with somebody, they ended up being a lot worse, you ended up being a lot better, and suddenly you're a, you know, an elite football team with a running back problem, and you can take one that just immediately makes your team better. Like your Giants. Saquon Barkley gave him two good years, and now he's just been injured the last two years. Yeah. And Thanks, still- Andy. I know. 
No, but my point is like, you got to look at like, that's a, what is your point? (laughs) My point is he's a poster child for why you do not take a running back in the top five. Is this his last year of his rookie deal? Yeah. Even with those seasons, it's not like the team got that much better. No. Like his first two good seasons. Like Ezekiel Elliott, you could argue. I, I would argue that that's, that's, first of all, this year he was, how much time was he splitting with, uh, who's the other guy, Pollard? Pollard, yeah. Yeah, it's like how much time was he splitting with him already? Yeah, but that's also the modern NFL. You need to be splitting those guys. Sure. The carries. But I would never take a running back ever in the top five. In fact, at this point, I might argue now you bring in the wide receiver position. Do you take a wide receiver in the top five? Yeah, but I think again, that's more important than running back at this point. Yeah. And I think it has been for a while. But again, it's it's a matter of what you're like. I don't want to talk about all this stuff in a vacuum where you uh you know you say you can't do it. You know, again, if you're a top five team, you're or if you're a if you have a top five draft pick, you're usually pretty bad, but maybe you have a young quarterback and now you got him a security blanket. You know, I mean, the Jamar chase thing obviously worked out pretty well for Cincinnati, but uh, you know, like getting somebody to go, if if you're a team that's been bad and sort of building, maybe you have a good defense and you're now you have to build the off the young offense to go with your defense or whatever. But yeah, uh, I, I think that, in a perfect NFL team these days, your quarterback's so good that you don't need an elite drafted receiver. And you can do all your work by spending that, spending that kind of draft capital, protecting a great quarterback or building up a defense. Yeah. Well, speaking of Cincinnati, shout out to the Bengals because they are going to erect a inflatable temporary indoor practice facility you okay have, you have to love this yeah and and, and shout out to randy ruther i know you want a who day but i cannot give you a who day until we get an actual practice facility that is not blown up like a bounce house yeah i mean some of those indoor i mean that that's uh like 10 years ago a lot of teams had that you know what i mean like that's there those things you, you've played tennis inside those things you fit they're they're not balance houses they're pretty legit but just destroying my joke here joe but at the same time you're absolutely right you can't they they don't get who days for it no they really i mean come on i'll i'll be shocked when they get a real one i like i still don't trust it you know i don't trust it you got to start somewhere, Andy. No, no, I agree. You got to start somewhere. But Randy, I know you want that who day. He 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 itches to get those who days. <laughs> he wakes up. He's like, how am I getting a who day today? How much time do you think Randy Ruther spends looking at like the Bengals hot wire, like the wire and like. Oh, two and a half, three hours a day, three hours a day. Oh, yeah. I think so. He sends me stuff all the time. You just got a TJ Hushman's out of card signed or whatever. Yeah, it's like, I saw that. This guy's he's Bengals shopping, Bengals blog reading, you know, Bengals mock draft. I mean, mock drafting right now. I do think 
Randy should come visit and we should go to like, like that's the least I could do. Go to a, a Bengals game with him, you know, just, just the experience. Buy him some gold star chili. <laughs> Take him out down to Paul Brown stadium. Don't you think that'd be a, a nice gesture to do? Yeah. Ruther family Bengals outing. Yeah. Then you can introduce the Randy, new- Andy, Andy, Randy. <laughs> You saw his tweet, but he tweeted my little brother commented because he loves Randy Ruther and he gave him a hoot day. And he said, Do I need to start another Ruther brother account? Not Mark, my brother's Mark Clark Ruther. <laughs> <laughs> Clark Ruther is an orthodontist. That's what I was thinking. It's got to be like a dentist spinoff, Clark Ruther. I like that idea. All right. Do we have any calls today? What's going on in the dirtball world? 310-359-8365. That's the I'll hotline. tell you what's going on in the dirtball world, Andy, before we get to calls. Shout out to Jack, who came down from Denver to see show to see a show in Steamboat. Uh, I believe he's also coming this week uh, to shows in Denver. So true, you know, dirtball supporter, uh, dating a lovely girl from my, my hometown, essentially She's from Bedford. So that was nice. Jack found a nice 914 girl for his life. And uh, the other dirt balls, I got, got a couple messages about from, from a bunch of dirt balls who are coming to shows in Denver and or in Vail. I believe there's a crew driving down from North Dakota, maybe, uh, for the show in Vail. I think there's also a crew maybe coming from the Minnesota area. Are these areas or, near? Or we, 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 no, just road no. tripping. I was like, yeah, just road tripping to come to the show in Denver. So, before we get to calls, I'll do one more plug. I got I got dirt balls coming from North Dakota and Minnesota. If you're in the Denver or Vail areas, you're in Colorado. At this point, you should be ashamed if you don't come to the shows. We got dirt balls coming from states away. So this Thursday, we'll be at Bridge Street Bar in Vail uh, for the Vail Comedy Show. And then Friday, Saturday, the Denver Improv in Denver. Both those shows with the wonderful and great Eddie Ift. Nice. I would love to see the the miles and the hours on those trips. Yeah. North Dakota, Minneapolis. They've DM'd you that they're going to be rolling in. Yeah. Expect loud dirt balls. I've noticed when the dirt balls come in from other states, they will be blacked out drunk for that. Yeah. It's always, you got a, you got a couple options. You got the drunk blacked out dirt ball or the dirt ball who came solo. Like we had one one dirt ball came solo in uh, Milwaukee and it was like, can't I'd love to have a Miller Lite with you, but I gotta get my car and drive back home now by myself. Yeah. And I was like, Great to meet you, buddy. I refer to those as the serial killer dirt balls. <laughs> yeah. It's like I gotta uh, go murder some people and uh throw them in my trunk and then hide the body. So I can't have a Miller Lite with you right now. Okay. Speaking of the dirt balls, here's an idea from a dirt ball concerning what the fans should get who help pay tax dollars for stadiums. Yo, what's going on, Andy and Joe? I was listening to you guys talk about the owners of uh, NFL teams talking with their, uh, you know, the cities that they're in about getting the people to pay for their stadiums. And let's be honest, it is really ridiculous, but what if, since, you know, most of the time it's going to happen anyway. What if to maybe get 
you know, people like Cleveland to uh, agree with it. What if they just throw in, like, maybe one all-expenses-paid, you know, ticket to a game in the new stadium, like gave them a voucher or something like that, you know, gave every single person in the, you know, the city of Cleveland whose tax dollars or, you know, whatever type of money, whatever funds they're getting, you know, whatever it is, their money is going to go towards building the stadium. Uh, you know, they all get a voucher to go to one of the games. Wouldn't ever happen, but I feel like that would be a pretty decent compromise. A lot of the, you know, the, the people who are fans of the, of the, the team would, you know, agree to it. Uh, just a, an idea I had. Let me know what you guys think. Condoms are for pretty much every single sports owner besides NBA owners. Uh, I don't know about soccer, like FIFA. I don't know about the, the, the football, European football clubs owners, but most likely fuck them too. So, uh, all right, that's it for me. Peace. I mean, it's a, it's a great gesture. If, if, if you were in the county or the city, whoever votes, and they say, look, you're going to get a free ticket. And it's small, but again, gestures go a long way. Yeah, but it's also impossible. I mean, he said Cleveland. The population of Cleveland is 385,000. That's one of the smaller cities. So how are you giving out 385,000 tickets? That's that's the, you know. Spread it out over five years. Okay. See, this is well, here's the thing these owners do, and, and I'm seeing it firsthand being in Cincinnati. They put the fear, if you don't get this new stadium, we bolt. And as you know, when a, when a pro team leaves, that's devastating for the economy. It's just right. devastating, right? Like, like if the Bengals and Reds left, the whole riverfront in Cincinnati has been built up the last 20 years with bars and restaurants and, and there's beautiful parks on the river in between the two stadiums. And again, now the, the one street can have open containers right outside the Reds games. It's nonstop, you know, so people leave the Reds game and it's great for the bars, right? And the restaurants, oh, open containers and people just pop in here. So they, they utilize that leverage and then people get scared. And I've noticed it here. People always say, oh, you want to you sell the Reds? Well, who's going to buy it? Somebody who's going to move it. And my, my counter to that would always say, I'd rather risk somebody moving the team than have a shitty, mediocre team year after year after year. Like, yeah. like, like that's me. I'd rather risk and, and you can leave, but something that people always forget too. And, and you're more likely to leave. If you're a basketball team, obviously you're more likely, but like baseball, you're going to buy the Cincinnati Reds and then move them where? That's what I'm saying. And same thing for the Bengals. Let's not forget the relocation for the NFL, the relocation fee is $600 million for that team. So the Chargers, the Chargers are in debt right now because they had to pay, and they don't have that money because it's a family-owned team and they don't have many businesses, if any, that I'm aware of. I could be wrong, outside of the football business. So the Chargers have to pay $600 million. You mean to tell me Mike Brown, who won't even give, or the Brown family, uh, a bubble to his own team, is going to pay $600 million to move the Bengals to San Antonio. I, I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. And I agree with you. Like, where are you moving it? The, the argument is, oh, they're going to move. They're gonna... There's only so many cities you can move to that don't already have teams. Yeah. And you already have an established fan base, especially from a baseball standpoint and whatever. But, you know, you talk about, well, I just, I just go back to his, the caller's idea. 
I, I mean, I took your number 385,000 divided by five years divided by eight home games a year. You're looking at 9,700 seats a game. It's, it's uh, you know, it's a lot. It's 20% of your capacity. Yeah, it's a lot. So look, it's look, great in theory. Maybe just how about a free hot dog voucher? Yeah, that'll work too. I, I I just don't know. Like the I don't know what the solution is on the taxpayers funding the stadium. I, I just the, the owners are not going to pay for it if they don't have to. And why would they business wise? Why would you pay for something if you don't have to? Yeah, absolutely. If you're a businessman. There's not that many Cronkies out there who just say, hey, I'm worth a gazillion dollars. I'm building this $6 billion stadium in LA and nobody's going to pay for it but me. There's not that many of those out there. All right. I'll be curious what you say about this because this is a sport I've never even watched. Hey, Joe and Andy, this is Andrew calling from Columbus, Ohio. Go Buckeyes. I was just wondering if you guys have ever taken a look at Formula One racing, the European sport. I know you guys were talking about IndyCar and NASCAR a couple episodes ago, and I was wondering if you guys would give Formula One a chance. It has a really cool documentary on Netflix called Drive to Survive, and this weekend, this upcoming Saturday, there's a uh, race at 1 a.m., so technically it's on Sunday. But I wonder if you guys would give that a shot and Take a look. I think it's a really exciting sport, and it's really cool. Condoms are for LeBron haters. I've heard about this documentary. Now, I uh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, uh, you froze on me too. Yeah, it's funny. I've heard about this. Now, I just I don't I I could not watch something that was just a car going around on TV. You know, I, I like racing sports a little bit, but at, at the end of the day, for me, it's similar to college basketball, college football. It's like, how much sports can I watch at this point? <laughs> like, um, you know, I got NBA playoffs happening right now, baseball happening right now. Like, that's a full plate, just like watching, you know, every Mets game and Sunday night baseball and every NBA playoff game of significance. It's like, full plate. Now I have heard great things about the documentary on Netflix and I probably will watch that and it probably will make me interested. And then every once in a while, if there's something on when nothing else is on, yeah, I'll check it out. Um, but, uh, it's just for me, it's like, who's got time for this stuff? Well, that's what it boils down to like time, especially if it's a nice day, you don't want to be inside. Watching I mean, shit. I was saying 1am, you know? Okay. Yeah. Maybe if I'm up, cocaine and Formula One, let's go. Nice little ring to it. You watch any of that Elizabeth Holmes stuff? What? The show? Like the show on Hulu or the HBO documentary. I have watched I have watched a few episodes of the show on Hulu. I just finished it. I can't get enough, man. <laughs> I honestly do not think of a worse person than her. Psychotic. I'm going to, I'm going to crush the HBO documentary. I watched like 30 minutes. It's, it's just wild to me. I just, I shouldn't be surprised because it boils down to money and greed. And that's why everybody turned a blind eye, but it just blows my mind because yeah. the truth is she's not that attractive. 
this, this is what I can't figure out. Like, it wasn't like that. Like, she's just an average. I mean, I'm not saying she's ugly and you hate to bring looks in this, but it's true. It's like an average looking woman just tricks. Are all these old white board members that horny? Like, oh, a blonde in her 20s. So she's got this idea. Here's a hundred million dollars. Here's fifty million dollars. Like that's what yeah. blows my mind. Is it's not like she was good looking. She's just like she's like all right looking. I'm not saying but yeah, she's- but it, it, that's like every. I mean, I know it's a, a few years ago now, but that's like everything these days. I mean, you know, uh, everybody wants to give the the thing to the oh we we can spin this as it's a woman. Yeah, run company and she's a young bubble you know what i mean like all the diversity things and all the whatever it's like dude sometimes i think about just taking my whole set and just giving it to you know elizabeth holmes and letting her be a famous comedian and i'll just take a, a cut yeah she might have a deeper voice than you that was another thing. I just I don't understand. Like, how would having a how would faking making a deeper voice make her more compelling to invest with? That, that to me, I'm like, no. I I, I I know I know who doesn't believe in that theory. Tim Kirkin. <laughs> He's like, you can be really successful without having a deep voice at all. What a way to bring it full circle, Joe. We we start the show with Tim Kirchin. We end the show with Tim Kirchin. Well done, Sarah. Well done. Guys, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can follow me at Andy Ruther. You can see Joe live. I mean, he's told you a million times, but go see him live. <laughs> yeah. If you need uh, updates on that, you can follow me on Instagram at Joe Prano and all other social media at Joe Prano, except for Twitter, where I'm Fix Your Life. Uh, keep your up eyes to those things shows obviously the aforementioned ones in Colorado over the next couple of days and then uh, back in LA for one show um, and a couple nights and then off to New York where I will be updating those dates soon alright thank you for all the support thank you for everyone who listens watches whatever you do you guys have a great week and as always stay dirty <laughs>